CBS Friday. TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. Lady. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. Used to be. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. It says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale, Friday, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Pony Stampede podcast. Thanks for listening. Happy Thanksgiving to you guys. Hope you guys had a great day with family, friends, plenty of food and football. And now it's time to turn your attention back to the SMU Mustangs who take on Abilene Christian Friday night in Moody Coliseum, looking to move to 7-0, as well as Tulane on Saturday at 3 p.m. Central on ESPNU, looking to win 10 games for the first time in a very long time for this program and send the seniors out the right day. I'm Billy Embody. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We're going to jump right in with SMU football talk because we're going to cover a little bit of the Tulane game, some of the defensive issues that the Green Wave might present, and then we're going to talk a little bit about recruiting and kind of look ahead as well as I've gotten some questions on that. SMU set to host two official visitors this weekend, and and while you guys can follow that on PonyStampede.com, or uh, uh, with, if you're a VIP subscriber, you can see that. Uh, we will run down some of the targets that are out there on the defensive side of the ball before taking a look at SMU versus Abilene Christian and, and really kind of the impact that Ethan Shagwa's injury might have on that, um, and then uh, kind of wrap things up on this podcast. So SMU Tulane, a game that the last two years has been decided by one possession and Two games that SMU has won, one in Dallas and one in New Orleans. Uh, one of the times SMU was able to thwart a, a Green Waves uh, drive for a bull bid and kind of ruin their season. And well, the Green Wave are going to going to try to do just that in Dallas as SMU look is coming off of a disappointing loss to Navy and one that not knocked them out of the AAC West race. And so it's a pretty similar game to last year's Tulsa game where SMU went on the road and just didn't get anything going after a disappointing loss to Memphis that knocked them out of that race. But this time it's a different team and, and different leadership and different position and, and really night and day. So I don't compare them the same in terms of the teams they're bringing in and into this game, both sides. Uh, Tulane has played the most difficult part of their schedule heading into this one. But I do think SMU can rebound because of the leadership that they've gotten this, on this team. I think this is probably a motivated crew. I mean, they're They've really seen their season go from a potential Cotton Bowl bid and, and an AAC title to now kind of just playing for a, a quality bowl in this final game, and, and Tulane's looking to rebound from a tough loss to UCF. So the way SMU's lost the two games, one possession games to, to Memphis and Navy, and the offense really coming up short against, against Navy on the road, I think the offense is motivated. I think James Prochet is motivated, Shane Bouchelle motivated, and, and Xavier Jones motivated. Those three guys I, I kind of lean on if you're SMU to kind of rebound and, and bring you back to the winning ways and get that 10th win of the season. So I am expecting James Prochet to go out with a big bang. Uh, he, he's got a chance to set yet another SMU record. Uh, I believe the, the receptions mark. I could be wrong on that. Um, but then you've got Xavier Jones, who fumbled on the opening drive against Navy, and while the midshipman didn't score, that was a critical possession that SMU didn't get points out of in that one. And then Shane Bouchelle 
coming off probably his worst game as an SMU Mustang and just not being able to make some of the routine throws that he's made for this team so far. And so, look, I, I look at those guys to, to rebound, but Tulane is bringing in an offense with Justin McMillan, at quarterback that is going to give SMU some int- uh, issues. J.J. McCleskey, the Oklahoma State wide receiver transfer, is a really good wide receiver and one that could certainly give SMU's defensive backs some trouble. And, and that's what I want to kind of focus on, some of the defensive issues that SMU's had. And I think, for the most part, they kind of stem from not being able to either play as aggressive as they have been or certainly get the type of pressure on opposing teams. And I don't just mean pressuring the quarterback because they've done that a, a fair amount. They did it against Navy in a, in a good way and, and had a couple of big sacks, but they really haven't been able to fly around for whatever reason and, and force turnovers and, and impact the game. And SMU's two losses, they, they did not force a turnover. And so I think that's kind of what you're looking for if you're SMU is you want the defense to kind of get some confidence with a turnover at some point in this game, at least one, and and kind of take advantage of 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 those offensively. And so I, I think that's kind of the root of the defensive issues. They have not been, for whatever reason, as aggressive as they have been in terms of forcing turnovers and and making critical plays when needed ever since the Houston game. I think this this defense has been a torn up for the most part by Memphis, East Carolina, Navy, and and kind of just lost their way because I think they were playing very good football for SMU for the most part, but they really just in the secondary have struggled. Armani, Armani Johnson hasn't been healthy clearly, uh, and they just haven't gotten some of the key plays that they were getting early in the season from the secondary to force some interceptions. And then on the flip side of that, the defensive line hasn't been knocking balls free and forcing fumbles and, and, and things like that. So I think SMU's defensive issues just need to get back to them playing really, really hard. And that's not to say that they're not giving effort out there because you can tell that they are, but there's just something about the way that they've carried themselves the last however many games that isn't where they were earlier in the season and and it, it's just different and I I don't know what you sit sit back and kind of point to for that but it, it's been certainly an issue and something that I think could be an X factor in this in this week's game against Tulane but this is a this is another game that I do think SMU has the talent SMU has the players to go in and get a win very similar to how I felt about about Navy but can they put it all together and and get a win and and look for and we'll talk about recruiting in a second but for recruiting finishing with 10 wins in the regular season giving yourself momentum going into the bowl season is huge and so there's a lot of reasons why they've got to come out with a win in this game and mainly it's the momentum side of things getting everybody kind of back on the right track as a team and and giving yourself that momentum you don't want to go into this bowl season for SMU having lost two, two straight to end the season once again. And especially with the way this team is with, from a leadership perspective, I, I don't think they're going to do that. I, I like SMU winning this one. I, I think I picked it 42-34, uh, somewhere around there. 
I do think SMU's offense was just a couple plays short. Look, they were a turnover, and they were a missed touchdown pass to Tyler Page away from putting up 42 and winning that game against Navy. And the offense just didn't make the plays that they normally have in, in this season. So I think at home, in Ford Stadium, they're going to be able to do that. And I think it's almost a personal challenge to the the offense to, to get back on the right track. And it is for the defense too, but this is an offense that has just moved the ball so well all season. And for them to kind of sputter like they did against Navy, I think they're going to be really motivated. So I think you'll see the offense come out, play really well. I like SMU to get the win 42-34 against Tulane. Uh, they'll have to watch Justin McMillan. He can run. He's made some key plays for them this season and, and certainly kept them in ball games and really has been even better as his second year as a starting quarterback for the Green Wave, kind of similar to how I see SMU being with Shane Bouchelle next year. I think in year two, even though you lose senior running backs and you lose James Prochet, this is an offense that is poised to do a lot of big things. You've got some young wideouts in Rasheed Rice, Calvin Wiggins, Keontae Burns, Kiki Burns, and then you add Ken Kedrick James into the fold, and then the two young running backs, TJ McDaniel and Ulysses Bentley, uh, are going to be really good for SMU. I, I know uh, TJ, who didn't redshirt, didn't play as much as people probably would have thought he would have down the stretch, but he's a really good back, and Ulysses is just kind of oozing with talent. So I think SMU is going to be better next year. The questions will be on the defensive side of the ball, and we'll kind of point to some guys that they can recruit to, to kind of shore up some of those holes on the defensive line. They'll lose Rodney Clemens on the back end, so the safety position's a big question mark next year. And then they'll lose Pat Nelson, who's been excellent for SMU the last two years. So they have some holes, but overall, I do feel like SMU's going to be a better team next year. In year two, when you have a quarterback like, like Shane Bouchelle, you're going to take a step forward. You won't see the growing pains that he had in the early going against Arkansas State. You won't see some of the, I think, lulls in offensive production that we've seen at some very minor portions of this season for the most part for SMU's offense. And, and it just makes a huge difference when you've got a quarterback in year two of the system and a veteran one at that. So um, I do like SMU to be better next year, but they've got to start with a win at Tulane going into the bowl season and, and seeing how that plays out. Let's talk a little recruiting here. Defensively for SMU, and I want to lead off with that, they have two official visitors coming in. You can you can check out both of those guys, both on the defensive side of the ball, on PonyStampede.com with a, with a subscription. And then uh, let's talk about three guys that I, that I want you guys to focus on, uh, or four guys I want you guys to focus on for the most part right now as we kind of enter the stretch run for, for SMU with really under a month until – early signing period, three weeks, I think, until early signing period begins. And let's start with Devin Drew, Iowa Western Community College defensive tackle. He had really, really good spring tape. He's really bulked up. He's about 6'1 or so, 275 pounds now. So he's really gotten bigger and emerged as a, as a true defensive tackle. He's kind of a tweener entering his, uh, entering his, his, his uh, freshman year. He was more of a tweener. Now he's big, a big defensive tackle. SMU is really the lone school that's really pushing for him, but his tape is really strong. He's disruptive. And and look, uh, over the course of the year, he's uh, taken an official visit to Texas Tech now, so they're involved. They've offered. We'll see if they push for him. Maryland, UNLV, and North Texas have also offered him. But SMU, certainly in the mix for him. He'd be a big addition. He's the number 16 defensive tackle in the country out of the junior college ranks. 
And then you look at Devere Levelston, who's a teammate of, of new SMU commit Dimitri Jordan and somebody from DeSoto who's uh, really high on SMU, has been on an unofficial visit and has a few big-time schools uh, or bigger schools pushing for him as well and kind of keeping an eye on him. And he's in that 6'4", 255-pound range. And, and so he's got some size. He played defensive tackle. Arizona's hosted him for an official visit. Virginia Tech is supposed to host him in December. Illinois, Maryland have also offered. So another guy that is, A, highly rated on 24-7 sports in the junior college ranks and, and somebody they would love to add and keep home and, and keep that Dallas kind of pipeline going. Uh, that they've that they've stressed so much this uh, recruiting cycle and and really since they've taken over, another one to keep an eye on, and and he's fresh when you're listening to this, he'll be wrapping up an official visit to Mississippi State, but that's Jacorian Bennett. He's a four four defensive back corner, really from Hutchinson Community College, six foot, one hundred eighty five. He's kept SMU right in the mix, and 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 I've checked around with other schools and kind of seen what the temperature is on him. And he's got some official visits lined up to Ole Miss in Maryland now. He's taken Louisville. He's taken um, Mississippi State, like I said. And he took his first official visit to SMU back in July. But a lot of the coaches I've talked to around the country about him say that he's not afraid to go to SMU. It's one of those things where it's just a feel for him. And he'll he'll look at where he can contribute right away. And when you look at Armani Johnson being hurt, you look at the school losing Robert Hayes, and then they return Brandon Stevens. Jacorian can come in and play right away. And this is a staff that has shown that they're not afraid to play somebody if he's better. And Jacorian is is a legit, legit player, really low-key, humble guy. So I really like him a lot. SMU's in the mix for him. If you ask me right now if I thought they were going to land him, I wouldn't necessarily say that'd be, you know, I think something that you can kind of bet on. But, um, you know, he is a junior college prospect to watch. For SMU. Moving over to the high school ranks, I think one of them to, to watch is Kari Coleman, the Kansas commit. He's a defensive end that's taken an official visit to SMU. He's coming off a ridiculous senior season. He set a record for Carver, and, and he's set to enroll early in January at, at whatever college he decides, whether it be Kansas or SMU, really. I think that's who it's down to. Tennessee's kind of lurking as a backup option for him. But he's somebody that continues to talk to SMU, really involved with the coaching staff, and and can certainly, um, I can see him being a part of the class. One more high school prospect to watch out of uh, the high school ranks is actually kind of a good segue into our next topic, which is Rashad Samples and the impact that he can have. And that's Eddie Rakestraw. He's a Duncanville corner. He's six foot, 165 pounds, kind of a late bloomer. Air Force, Army, FIU, ULM, North Texas, SMU, Washington State, Wyoming, and others have offered him. He's really come on strong with his senior season. He's got he's got some decent measurables. I think going back to the mark to March uh, when he jumped almost 39 inches at the opening regional, he had an okay shuttle 447, and and so he's got some good lateral agility, and I think he's somebody that. If Rashad Samples gets the okay to push for, I mean, they can really you know bring him in and and potentially add him out of the high school rank. So he's somebody that I like. I said I like a lot. I like his senior film. He's got that length that SMU likes. He's kind of gotten a a lean body, uh, 165 pounds or so, 
Um, but he's he's been really strong this year for Duncanville, who continues to march through the state playoffs. And he's a 2020 corner, so he's somebody to watch. As far as Rashad goes, I, I look to his impact more in the 2021 class. We've talked a lot about Savion Bird, the five-star offensive tackle who plays for Duncanville. He's somebody that's at the top of Rashad Sample's list. And I was asked by one of our subscribers who I think that Rashad could land for, for SMU. And and I think that Savion's one of them. And and he's he's maintained that. He said, look, you know, I like SMU. I like Texas. Those are the two schools that I've visited. He's going to make some other visits in the spring, more likely than not. But don't underestimate how involved SMU's in with this one. I mean, they really are. And you can laugh or whatever if you're um, – if you haven't been following recruiting much, but this is one of those guys that this is why you hired Rashad samples for them to be heavily involved, heavily in the mix for him. And, and somebody that I, I think SMU can land. And so he's kind of target number one for Rashad samples over the next two cycles uh, that, that they can and have the ability to land as far as who he does end up landing. I think that's going to be more determined Kind of as the spring goes along, they've got guys they really like uh, at wide receiver, like Magic Rector, uh, who's who's a Kansas uh, was committed to Kansas, and and certainly somebody uh, that that they're in the mix for, and is committed to Kansas, and, and and there's somebody he's somebody that they're in the mix for. They've watched him a lot at Lancaster High School, which produces a lot of Grade A wide receivers. I think Dylan Goffney, who's just really outside of that four star range. He's out of the Houston area in, in uh, at Bridgeland, 6'1", 195. Another really impressive prospect uh, that SMU's in on early on here. And like I said, they went and saw him. Uh, he's got some Power 5 offers on the table, but they've been in there. They've had him on campus, and, and so you got to like where they're at uh, entering things for him. And like I said, we'll kind of see who ends up being some of the true Rashad Samples targets. I mean, you can point to Byron Murphy out of DeSoto, out of, off, off the defensive line, uh, who's kind of a sawed-off defensive tackle, six foot two seventy-six, uh, that they like as well. But um, he, he's somebody that you know could be more of a Randall Joiner defense uh, defensive line recruit. Um, but one more to highlight on the defensive side of the ball that is undoubtedly a Rashad Sample. Two more, uh, one on the defensive side, one on the offensive side. We'll start with two Skyline guys and safety, Isaiah and Wukobia. Uh, he's named SMU, one of his top schools. Uh, he's very quick to say, look, they're on me as hard as anybody. He's been on campus multiple times. And and then uh, Quay Davis, the four-star wideout. And with all the question marks surrounding Texas right now with their offensive staff, would that open the door for SMU? I think LSU's in there as well for Quay. And, and he's backed off his commitment to the Longhorns as they kind of go through this um, what is going to be a coaching change on the offensive side of the ball. And so we'll, we'll kind of see, like I said, who, who they end up targeting. Um, but, but those are a few to know that Rashad is definitely has his teeth in on and, and has legit shots in my opinion to, to land them. So, um, we'll just kind of see and, and kind of building off of that as we enter that silly season of coaching rumors and things like that, kind of where does, Rashad fit into that. A lot of people think that with the changes at Texas, he could be a candidate, and I, I'd be surprised if he wasn't. But I've heard some other names that they're kind of targeting more proven guys on the field 
to come in and, and shore up that staff on the offensive side of things. So we'll see. I think there's never anything for certain when it comes to the uh, coaching carousel, whether it be assistants or head coaches. But um, I think right now he's relatively safe to to stay at SMU. I've heard some promising things. And then the other name that is going to come up is is uh, Rhett Lashley. He's a Royal Awards Royals Awards semifinalist and and somebody that will be once again in high demand in the offseason. Uh, he was offered a couple Power 5 offensive coordinator jobs after last season, which is impressive considering how up and down they were offensively. But uh, we'll see if he jumps at any of them. I do think his next step would be like a G5 head coach, maybe a truly, truly massive offensive coordinator jump for him. But one thing I'll say is that SMU is already in discussions about uh, the, the salary pool with the coaches and expanding that and, and making sure that they will have the ability to, to I don't want to sit here and say match anything because I don't think, let's say if Texas came in and said, you know what, Rhett Lashley's our guy and we're going to pay him 1.5. You're just, if you're SMU, that's not just a, that's not a wise investment being where you're at. You can go get a, a, another offensive coordinator, an up and comer, or, you can kind of go that Rhett Lashley route, somebody that's kind of been around a while and has has, uh, has has bounced around and wants to get into a stable situation. But one thing I'll say is, like I said, the, the, the discussions have already begun on, on salary pools and, and increasing the pay for assistance. And that's a credit to Sonny Dykes for getting that going and starting that conversation early. And I think with the way this team's playing – there's really not going to be an issue with that. So um, I, I would uh, I would I would say that we'll kind of follow the coaching attrition thing. I think more than anything, you could see maybe some tweaking to the staff, but I think that would be more on SMU side of things, wanting to you know maybe just change it up after after uh, after two seasons. You 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 want to maybe get a different look and and like like Sonny Dyke said when he hired Rashad Samples, you're always looking to evaluate staff and see where you can get better. So we'll see kind of how things go in the off season, but I don't think right now you're looking at a ton of guys that you can sit here and say, Oh yeah, he's uh he's due, he's out, things like that. And um, SMU will have the chance to talk with a lot of them and try to keep them around. So with that guys, we're going to take a quick break from the pod. We're going to come back and talk about SMU basketball an impressive win over Hartford on Wednesday night, I don't care where they ranked in the Ken Palm. They were rolling offensively. They were rolling in every aspect. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about Ethan Shagwa, and then we'll wrap things up. So we'll be right back from the Pony, uh, with more of the Pony Stampede podcast right after this. Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. 
So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. <laughs> Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Pony Stampede podcast. Thanks for listening. A quick reminder, subscribe to PonyStampede.com as well as the Pony Stampede podcast. You can subscribe to the podcast for free and you can subscribe to PonyStampede.com for just 10 bucks a month and check us out. You get CBS All Access included with that. 10,000 shows on demand as well as streaming CBS and things like the SEC on CBS, NFL on CBS, all of that included now in your subscription as a VIP subscriber. SMU basketball rolled against Hartford on Wednesday night. And I think the biggest thing for me is they kind of put on just a a show defensively. They didn't let Hartford hang around. They started off, I think it was 19-0 before Hartford scored. So that was my biggest takeaway is just how well they could play defensively, even against a Hartford team that was ice cold from, from the field. But this is a Hartford team that kind of does some different things offensively, kind of stresses you out a little bit and forces you to really pay attention. So for a team that is still adding in Kendrick Davis now to the lineup and Tyson Jolly still getting his feet wet, Emmanuel Bandamel, guys like that, they played really well and and just really they didn't allow Hartford a chance. And so going into a thanks going into Thanksgiving and then going up against a team like Abilene Christian on Friday night tonight as you're listening to this that that's that's all you could ask for I thought and and so I think the big thing is is just how comfortable Kendrick Davis feels offensively already he's just running that show and playing really really well and you can see why the staff was so high on him we'll still wait to hear on Darius McNeil and kind of where things go and then they'll get Isaiah JC back or well into the fold when SMU plays Georgia after final exams wrap up for for the the players in the school in December. So this is a team that right now is clicking. They are, they have a lot in front of them. They haven't really played anyone at all, but I think right now they're taking care of business. If, if you're, if you're rooting for the team to win, they're taking care of business and doing what they need to do, which is important. Now, this is going to be a tough test against Abilene Christian. It's a team that won their league last year. And now you're facing them without Ethan Shagwa, who's probably going to be out with an ankle injury. Tim Jankovic did not sound very positive overall when looking at that in the post-game press conference and and just kind of, I think, having to face that adversity without JC yet, and then you'll roll Everett Ray in there probably a little bit more for sure, but you've got guys like Farhan Hunt, Isaiah Mike, who are comfortable playing in the post, and, and then that commitment from guys like Tyson Jolly to rebound the basketball will be critical, kind of making up for Ethan Shagwa. At least in the front court, I know he hasn't rebounded the ball particularly well this year, but overall, uh, it's a tough task whenever you lose somebody like Shagwa. I mean, he is versatile, he is athletic, he's skilled, so a lot of guys in the backcourt will have to pick up things and, and put it together against an Abilene Christian team that'll be a tough tough task for SMU on Friday night. That game's on ESPN3. Now, I had a quick question about SMU and the holiday tournaments. They tried to get in to some this year, but they just couldn't find one. They couldn't land in one. So I think you'll see that come back next year. And look, the schedule next year, 
and and people give it grief this year. They tried. They really did try to get some good matchups in Moody Coliseum, but they got what they got. Next year, because of them having to settle for a lot of away away games, they'll have a good schedule at home next year. So you kind of have to take take it and just say, okay, this is how it is this year. I mean, it could have been flipped around, and they could have had a good schedule at home this year, and then people would have been complaining about next year's and how it was a step down uh, with all the road games. So it, it's difficult. It's difficult with the way the program has trended the last two years to have the type of ha- home schedule that they have. But they did try to get into some holiday tournaments. They did try to get some marquee matchups, and they just ultimately got what they got. So that's kind of the story on SMU's holiday tournament pursuit there. And I think that'll wrap it up. I do have one question that I do need to answer on the board. Who's the favorite poster? And for me, I really don't like answering this, but I think this is a pretty easy way to answer this. I'm going to give a shout out to SMU Dubs. He's been been one of the guys from the beginning that has been there. And the thing I like Dubs is he never gets too high and never gets too low. Big shout out to him. When he talks, everybody pays attention. He comes with reason. And so uh, while I love all of you guys on the Pony Stampede board, I'm going to give my shout out to Dubs because... Uh, there's a lot of guys that have been with me from the beginning, but I appreciate his ability to come in, give some reason, give some logic, all those things. Like I said, never getting too high, too low. So a big shout out to SMU Dubs. Uh, if I if I had to shout one out, which I was asked to, uh, that's who I'm picking to shout out. So hope nobody gets their feelings hurt. Like I said, love you guys all, but I'm going with Dubs uh, in the Pony Stampede podcast shout out uh, to one of our posters. With that, guys. Hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Again, follow us all weekend long. SMU Abilene Christian. We've got some good uh, preview stories. Uh, Kevin Reynolds, who's been writing for us on the on the basketball side of things, profiled Tyson Jolly uh, ahead of that matchup. And we'll have your game preview for, for football, basketball, all of that this weekend. Tons of visitors expected on campus, so keep it locked on Pony Stampede all weekend. Thanks for listening to the Pony Stampede podcast. Hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving.